Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I am one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and today we have not one, but two guests with us. Paul, how are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Great. You preached on Sunday. We started our Sabbath series, and with us is also Pastor Chris Heiss. I am here, and I'm excited to be here. Chris is the mastermind. We're we're just <laughs> we're throwing caution to the wind, having three voices on here. This uh, is gonna be great. It, it is gonna be a lot of fun. So we we entered into this series. Uh, I think it's such a good time. You know, early 2023, where everyone's feeling that like new year, new life, new habits. What's going on? So we're talking about Sabbath. Um, and Chris, you've been you've been on this journey of helping us um, explore rule of life as a church. Uh, and Sabbath is a big piece of that. So this mm-hmm. is why you, you're here and you're going to be preaching. You, you've helped kind of architect some of this series. Um, can you give us a definition of Sabbath? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, for us, when we think about Sabbath, we think about a 24 hour period where we stop our work, uh, so that we can rest and delight and worship. And, uh, uh, yeah, so that's how we are defining this idea of Sabbath. And a lot of these ideas come from an organization called Practicing the Way. John Mark Comer is someone yep. that we've been learning a lot from about formation and rule of life and particularly about some of these different practices that we're engaging with. Um, and so they talk about it that way. And, and we think that that's a really helpful way to think about Sabbath. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the, they've got all kinds of great stuff. That's their definition. But yep. it's borrowed from the saints before them, the saints before them. Sure. This is a long-standing thing in, in church history. And, and in fact, in biblical history, right? Because mm-hmm. Sabbath has its roots in Genesis, as we heard on Sunday, right, Paul? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so why are you two excited about this series? What is it about this moment uh, for us as a culture, us as a church, that you think this is the right moment to be talking about Sabbath? <laughs> so many reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we think about uh, being formed and the kind of people that we want to be. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that, you know, I think about when I think about that question about aligning my life with the way of Jesus or being people of peace, people who are not anxious, people who have time to, to love and express hospitality and to serve. Um, uh, people who are well connected with God and with the spirit of God and have a sense of what he's doing in our lives and, you know, able to pray and have time in silence and solitude. And really, when I think about that, a lot of those things come out of the rhythms that we have in our lives, the way we pace ourselves, kind of the, the comings and goings. And so thinking about that makes me think about Sabbath and this opportunity to kind of set up ourselves, our day and our week and our year, set up our lives really in a way that has times of rest, times of activity. And uh, so we think this is really a kind of a keystone habit and a really excellent place to start in terms of talking as a community about practices that we want to engage in. Yeah. yeah and I would say that the Sabbath has, there are two things that I think are right off the bat, really, really helpful for us. In, in one sense, the Sabbath allows us to embody the idea of grace because it's the thing that it's the practice of stopping, which is really, when we think about the gospel, the gospel is not about what we can do to earn our salvation. Oftentimes we have to teach ourselves this idea of stopping our own desire to try to accomplish our salvation or try to be good enough or try Mm -hmm. to all of these kinds of things. And so the Sabbath is like a perfect exercise that actually embodies grace in this really cool way. It embodies the gospel. It allows us to kind of understand that the gospel is not about what I can achieve. And so there's this, it embodies that, which I think is really important. And then the second thing that I think is really important too, is that 
I think that maybe more than some of the other practices, the Sabbath really is sort of counterforming. It works against a lot of the busyness and the hurry that's in our lives right now. Hmm. And we just are speeding up. I mean, I, I think I, I saw a research study that said that that people are even walking faster. Like they're, hmm. they, they were able to film people walking through like a town square or whatever and saw that people are moving quicker. Hmm. And I think that everything in our life is about going faster and getting it done more efficiently and quicker and faster and faster and faster. And the Sabbath is this practice that says, that's not the way of Jesus, right? Um, the way of Jesus is at a slower pace. And, and I think that there's so much joy and peace that can be found. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about jumping into this habit. Uh, and there's an, there's an interesting thing with, um, uh, with that, like, yes, we're speeding up and yet everyone's trying to like figure out how to be productive. And even the productivity experts out there say like, well, you need rest, you need breaks. But the Sabbath isn't that, right? Like the Sabbath wasn't, uh, isn't a gift primarily because God's like, this is actually how you'll be more efficient as humans, which is like, for me, I'm like, oh, great. Like I can rest so that I can be better, right? Like I'm trying to get something out of it still. I'm always kind of playing an angle and it's it's actually, no, it's, it's, a, it's a stopping and a resting to allow God to be God and us not to, uh, which is like easy to say and and very, very hard to do. I, I think if you were, if you were with us on Sunday, um, I, th I think there was something that was really resonating as, as Paul, you, you were preaching in this. Um, there were a lot of moments that people, I heard from people who, who really were like, yes, like I grew up with the Sabbath being this thing we didn't talk about, but like I had to wear fancy clothes, had to go for roast beef, couldn't go out shopping, couldn't do all these things, didn't get it. So this is, this is helpful. And yet, like, I have such a hard time not emailing, not being on work things. You know, does it really have to be a 24 hour period? Is that where we start? And like when you, you gave a number of practices, including a stretch practice where you're like, just get sleep for the next week, get like proper mm -hmm. eight hours of sleep. And everyone laughed. Yeah. Like, which was both like a ha 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 and like a really like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's uh that was a surprise to me. Yeah. To be honest, I, I had done some research, uh, as I was preparing for the message and I actually intended to speak from that angle, maybe because I'm tired and, mm. and uh, often I'm finding myself not getting enough sleep. And so I was actually thinking about preaching from that perspective. And then I found some statistics, very recent Canadian statistics that say that, yeah, Can Canadians are doing fine with sleep. You know, like they're getting about 9.2 hours of sleep a night. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well then maybe that's not a problem. But then I said it on Sunday and everyone's like, woo. And I thought, oh, so it's a problem for us. Why is it a problem for us? And uh, what's the difference? So I don't know. It's just something to think about for sure. Well, and okay, as someone who's lived in different parts of Canada, um, we might be the worst for the busyness hmm. and for the rushing. Like Southern Ontario, GTA might might be the worst, and that's our reputation across Canada. We're much less relaxed than Vancouver. Hmm. We're we're much more frantic than Calgary. We're not as like slow as the East Coast. Mm. So that's who we are culturally. It's it's built into us here. And if you visited these places, spent some time, you, you may even know that. You may even be able to see it. So I think there is something. All right, stretch practice next week. Really go on a vacation. Go to the right. East Coast yeah, go, or the West Coast. Go observe in the East Coast and <laughs> yeah. do your Sabbath there. Um, so let's talk a little more. We, we were talking about Sabbath. We were talking about stopping specifically. Um, yeah, and I was talking about how hard it is. Like yeah. I was talking about the fact that like it's this thing that I mean, I've been, I've been hearing about Sabbath for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing about rule of life for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. And yet 
it's still something that's difficult for me to put into my life. And so I recognize I'm, I'm the one preaching. So we stand here on Sundays and we're talking about a rule of life. We're talking about the value of it, the, the benefits of it, all of those good things. And yet it's still difficult to accomplish. And so my, the question that was rolling around in my mind this week is why is it so hard? And I think what I came to is that, you know, what I see is a, is a, is a fight for our, our identity. It's, it's, you know, who do we want to become is always the question that Chris has asked us to to be asking ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. It's where we need to start. Um, But I think that, you know, sometimes that our, our desires kind of pull us in places that we're like, wait, is that, why am I not doing the thing that I feel like I'm, I want to do? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's interesting you know as i've been reading and thinking about sabbath too we're going to talk about this in in future weeks but that sabbath is really kind of an act of resistance as well resistance against kind of the culture around us and so even coming out of the uh you know the the second time in scripture when sabbath is mentioned uh it's kind of referring back to the freedom that the israelites had you know from the egyptians and the freedom from slavery and the freedom from kind of the oppressiveness of you know someone else you know telling you what you had to do and how you had to work and kind of the achievement and the busyness and all that kind of stuff and 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 certainly not to relate those as a one-to-one because i don't think it's the same but there's this sense where we have a culture around us that kind of tells us what to do that puts fences and barriers around us and kind of pushes us to work and achieve and to be busy and to keep going and so there's a sense where as christians and as followers of jesus that sabbath is actually an act of resistance against all that as well well and and another book that that i think all three of us have read um faith for exiles which talks about the fact that we are currently living in digital babylon Mm -hmm. right in this digital exile where like because of our amazing technology, which can serve us so well when we know how to keep it as tools. Like it's, it's designed to be highly addictive and like it, it has us enslaved. Yeah. Um, and Sabbath is, is a, a breaking from that. Even, even as I, as I kind of thought about Sabbath this week and hearing more like, man, I love the idea of Sabbath. I'm like, yes, of course I want to like rest and I want to delight, but do I really, and do I really want to stop? Yeah. Because well, I don't think you do, I mean, or I don't think we do in one sense. And I, yeah. I, I actually, I heard, I heard uh, John Mark Homer said that um, sometimes that our strongest desires are not our deepest desires. Mm. And I was like, oh, that, that really makes sense to me because there are things that are desires of mine, like you just described, that are, you know, it's almost, it's, it's almost scientifically built into these, these, you know, mm-hmm. like YouTube and, you know, whatever to keep you watching, to get you stuck. Yeah. And so those desires are very strong and difficult to push against, but they're not our deepest desires. Our deepest desires are the ones that you just also mentioned. I just want to rest, right? You have yeah. this idea and yet the stronger desires overcome the, those deep desires. And I think that's the battle that is worth fighting and, and worth talking about, frankly. So we, we as a family have been talking about Sabbath and trying to practice Sabbath for years. Um, and we're not, we're not all that good at it sometimes, but one of the things that I've, I have found interesting. So Sabbath, like if you'd asked me years ago, Sabbath is all about like not working, right? So it's always, that's kind of my filter. Is this work? Is this work? Is this work? Um, and I have found to get into the habit of Sabbath takes a lot of preparation and a lot of work. Like stopping actually requires me to, to work at it so that I yeah. can properly stop, which is like, it, it's almost uh, kind of at this stage early on, it feels easy to jump ahead and be like, well, that's work. So I can't do it. It's not part of Sabbath. And to kind of stop yourself from digging in and getting there. Um, 
I don't know how you guys, have you, have you found that as you've tried to practice Sabbath? What is like, it's this identity thing. Yes. But like it's work to remember our identity. Yeah. What, what have you done to be able to stop? Well, I think that's why, you know, a rule of life and, and practices that we incorporate as regular things in our rhythms are so important, mm. you know, because it's something that we're going to teach ourselves over, over a long period of time and that the Holy Spirit is going to be teaching us as we engage and as we fail and as we pick ourselves back up. And, you know, it's not something that there's just a switch that goes on and automatically it's going to happen. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. you, could I jump in there? Yeah. Cause I think, yeah. I think this is really important for people who are listening to this to understand because um, a lot of behavioral change has like a J shape mm -hmm, to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all need to acknowledge right from the very beginning, we're talking about this for four weeks, right? Yep. Now we want to push this idea of Sabbath or practices specifically, but, but we want to have people take these things for the long term. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that early on, you're going to find failures. Mm. You're going to find that like, oh, it's way too hard or it's too much to do this or this isn't working. And so we start to fail at it. And, and my fear is that in those moments we're like, ah, you know, it sounded cool when, you know, when Chris was talking about it, but like now I'm like, I'm out cause I've tried. Yeah. It doesn't work. There's yeah. too much going on. I'll just take my breaks during the day or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, we, and we miss the understanding of the whole thing. And so I just wanted to say, as you were saying that it just reminds me, we, yeah. we all need to expect a J curve, which means that there is no, like, there's no up and to the right. I was actually listening to a podcast where Pete Scazzaro was kind of talking about this. Up and to the right is a very Western idea. Like mm -hmm. we, we have this perspective that on a graph that you move from the bottom to the top yeah. and we just need to get better and better and better. And the more we work at this, the, the better we're going to get. Like, no, you're not. You're going to fail at it. It's going to be downs and ups and ups and downs. And, and that's okay. Okay. but it's worth pushing into. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I and just that's wanted why, to jump that. I mean, in. as an aside too, that's why community is really important. I mean, as much as possible, if you're able, yeah. not this isn't for everyone, but if you're able, you know, like do this with your family, do this with your spouse, do this with your small group, do this with us together as a community, because you're right. Like, you know, it's going to get harder before it gets, before yeah. it gets good. On this, that's one of the interesting things I want to touch on that community. Like, Sabbath in some ways feels deeply personal, right? Like a lot of spiritual practice yeah. we've been taught, quiet time, right? Like what's more personal than quiet time and, and what's more like solitude than, than quiet time. But, but Sabbath requ does it require us to be in community? Is it, it maybe, maybe better to say it's, it's served well by being in a community of people who you're practicing with it. So like I, we, this is one of the things we've wrestled with, right? And as our kids have grown, it's changed. What does Sabbath look like for our family? Yeah. What kind of practice? And it's like, this is what I'm talking about, the work of stopping, like the things we have to do to kind of get the pieces in place um, so that we can do it. And the, the things like Rachel and I've had to negotiate, like the, obviously there are some things you can't stop um, eating like, OK, we could all fast for 24 hours, but I'm not sure how my kids would take that at this point. <laughs> Might be a little little too monastic for them. So like <laughs> we still have to do food prep. Yeah. yeah. So what what can we do as a family to prepare ourselves before we do? sundown at Friday, like before sundown on Friday, there's, yeah. there's always a little bit of a, like, we're going to clean the house. We're going to put the dishes away. We're going to like prep some food so that when sundown hits, we can stop. 
mm-hmm. we can rest together. I think this is going to be one of the greatest challenges for all of us, really. Those of us that live in community, that live in households, that live with, you know, family members and things like that, mm. you know, to be able to talk and try to experiment with Sabbath together, because you're right. I mean, I think we're very used to kind of everyone having their personal schedule. You know, if you're in a home where you have middle school kids or teenage kids, p- kids who might be working, university students, whatever, you've got so many things going on during your week. Mm-hmm. And I know I've rarely tried to, you know, coordinate an entire 24 hour period with all of my family members, you know, kind of thinking aligned, doing the same things, really, really challenging to do that as a big sacrifice. And that's some of the work that you're talking about too, is just in the small places where we're able to kind of creep in and, and experiment with that a little bit together. But do you notice how the what we what we tend to lean towards are the solutions, right? Yes, this is of course. The, of course. This is how we work, right? We're wired in a way that's like, okay, this sounds great. What do I need to do? How am I going to get it done? Yeah. Let's get it done. Let's get it on the list. Let's 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 crack this out. You know, let's kill it. And and I think I think that this we started this series with this idea of stopping first, mm. um, and. And I think that is really important, just the idea of stopping, just the idea of taking your hands off and just saying, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. And I think that one of the things that would be really helpful for us is to observe what happens when we stop, mm-hmm. um, is observe how we feel, observe um, how we we overcompensate or undercompensate, or what are the things that draw us in? Is it, the, is it my phone that I can't walk away from, or is it the laundry that I feel like I need to do before Monday comes, or yeah. you know whatever? And I think that that just that observation itself is an incredible first step. Mm. And so I would challenge people not to like, not to tackle this like it's some kind of a problem that needs to be solved, but to recognize it as a gift as something to enter into. It's almost like a, it's like a pool where you can kind of like, I'm just going to step in and just see how it feels. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like and I don't have to have all the answers. I'm just going to just yeah. start figuring that and out. And don't assume it's going to feel incredible. It will feel a little bit weird and hard, <laughs> yeah. right? But that's, yeah. but when we observe that, then we can start to see where the pressure points are for us because probably they're unique. They're mm-hmm. probably unique to you or me or whatever. So I've, I've got another question, maybe kind of related to the community stuff, uh, and I've heard it in other contexts. Um, Sabbath seems like something maybe that's, that's really great and really necessary, but also something that really only works well if you have the privilege and the means to be able to support it. Like what if you're working an extra job? What if, what if you have to care for a family member? Mm -hmm. What if like, there's all kinds of things that make this very like kind of seem idealistic. So Mm -hmm. if someone was feeling that, uh, what, what would you say to them? Yeah. Well, I don't know if Paul and I are the best people to answer this because maybe we kind of benefit from some of that privilege. You know, we're not working a second or a third job or, you know, caring for a sick relative or something Mm -hmm. like that. But you know, I have heard it said that this is a place where the community together uh, can really come in and, and maybe offer support to one another. Uh, so when you think about, you know, our church community, um, you know, maybe you're a person who is working seven days a week or working a second or third job, or, you know, maybe you have a special needs kid or, you know, there's some places where you just feel like there's never an opportunity to, you know, kind of have a change in the pace of life. I mean, these might be places where people in the community uh, of, of Christ mm. could 
could could help. You know, maybe it's through generosity, maybe it's through hospitality. Um, and so I think, you know, as we talk about this together as a church, I think it's really helpful for us to have our ears open and listening. And maybe, maybe for you to have courage to come and talk to us about some of those barriers that are getting in the way of practicing things like Sabbath so that we can begin to think together about how do we, how do we do this together as a congregation and really help everyone to be able to, to benefit from these types of practices that we think are so essential. Yeah, I actually spoke to someone on Sunday who's a competitive swimmer and mm. um and she's a a teenager, well, an older teenager and she was basically saying to me that you know that her schedule for her practices and the work that she's doing doesn't even allow her to get 8 hours of sleep. So, I mean, she's in the pool late at night and early in the morning and um it was just a, it was just this kind of like wake up call and a reminder that, you know, uh, there's so many things going on in our lives and sometimes we have to, you know, kind of take a step back and get creative at times. I think there are seasons that we can, you know, have more things going on in our lives, but we certainly can't live that way forever. Right. Yeah. It's a good time to, rem- I mean, this is a bit broader than the question you asked, but it's a good time to remind ourselves that like every time we talk about rule of life practices, I mean, the kind of the number one thing to keep in mind really is, you know, starting small. You know, yeah. we're not, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to plan to, to become the person we want to be in 10 years. Right. You know, we want to become the person we want to be tomorrow. And so that might mean for some, maybe a 24 hour Sabbath isn't possible right now. Maybe it's a 12 hour Sabbath. Maybe it's a three hour period of time where I put aside my phone or where I, you know, just engage in, in the Sabbath practice, um, that is different from my routine and I get away from my work. So I think, yeah. I think that's really important as well. Yeah, which leads us well. I mean, Paul, you gave us some really practical yeah. um, uh, challenges and things to be to be doing. Why don't Why don't we spend a bit of time with those? Right. So we asked uh, we asked basically a couple of questions to you know at the end to say, okay, here's here's where you can start some mm. practices. And the first thing we said is just pick a day and and, and take a Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, that's as simple as that, right? We're starting with pick a day, put it on the calendar. Um, I think that those intentions will actually be very helpful for us. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is to be, to have a beginning ritual or an ending ritual. Mm -hmm. And this is an interesting one, but I think this really helps us to frame what we're talking about as our Sabbath. And certainly as we begin, things are going to be a little bit, you know, more squishy in the middle. Maybe we don't have all of the answers. We don't see everything, but we're going to start a certain way and we're going to end a certain way. And then we can look back and discuss what it looked like and how we can, you know, see that. And then we talked about the idea of uh, adding a practice and saying, do something. And I suggested doing something, you know, every week for four weeks, whatever that activity might be. Um, And there are lots of things that we can talk about here and we're going to get into that as we continue through here. Um, but I even mentioned just something as, as, you know, as simple as, you know, committing to gather with God's people and encounter God together yeah. uh, for four weeks in a row. That's, that's a good start. Come to church. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts there, Chris, as you hear those? I mean, I know you've heard them before, but, um, yeah, I mean, you can be creative, right? With the beginning and ending the ritual. I mean, I know for like an Orthodox Jewish person, for instance, they might move from using electricity to not using electricity. So they would actually light a, like candles during that time. And so, yeah. so our neighbors are Orthodox. Yeah. Jews. Oh man, we've had such fascinating conversations That's with cool. them about Sabbath. They, oh, that's great. They've told us stories about how they've met neighbors because they've left a light switch on right. and they're not allowed to turn it off mm. and they're not allowed to pick up the phone to call anyone. So they literally had to open their front door and like, holler at the first person who's walking by and was like, can you come turn my light switch off? Wow. Like just, it's, it's wild. And I mean, it shows you like, yeah, there, but there is something like 
there is something about that practice for them that yeah. makes them these like present people. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know, that comes was a out of sidebar. comes out of this kind of tradition or culture, but you know, there's a significance to it. In our home, we were talking about maybe having a fire in the fireplace, or maybe it's just yeah. ordering pizza and like eating a meal together to start Sabbath or something like that. But. We put a tablecloth on our dining room table. Right. We don't have it on all week. We usually put it on on Friday night, keep yeah. it on until it's Saturday cool. night or Sunday or maybe Tuesday, depending on when we get around to cleaning yeah, it up. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, it doesn't have to be much. I, I know in our home, when we talk about a Sabbath practice, I mean, we're committed to coming and worshiping together with our church family, so that's one. But for me, for a long time now, I've really been thinking a lot about the way that we are encountering technology and engaging mm-hmm. with technology in our home. And so we had a great conversation the other night about, yeah, we don't think we can get through 24 hours without all of our phones and devices. I mean, right. if I'm honest, but maybe taking a one to three hour period during our Sabbath where we would all at the same time in our house commit to putting those things aside. And there was some receptivity to that. And so that might be a practice that, I mean, it might be difficult, but also might be doable for a lot of the people that are listening and, and might be helpful for a Sabbath period. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's great. Um I am so excited to keep digging into this series. Yeah, me too. Um, there's so much. This was our, our week on stop, and it feels like we're just starting to get into stop here. Um, but we're going to talk about rest and delight and worship, uh, and I think it's going to be really good. Uh, I would also say, if you've got, if you've got questions, um, let us know. I know we've, we've, each of us have heard from a couple of people who are, who are excited and who are nervous, and you know. but if you've got specific questions, we would love yeah, to be able to help them. you um, sort through them. And, and actually, I think your questions, if you've got them, you're probably not the only ones. I would love to be able to ask these guys these questions in the coming weeks. So mm-hmm. Paul, do you have a closing thought for us? Yeah, I just so just to kind of get us back into the mindset of where we were on Sunday with this idea of stopping and just the need to take our hands off. And I just want to encourage us to, you know, to uh, remember the Sabbath, right? Um, when, when God gave this command, he didn't say make the Sabbath. He didn't say create it. He said, keep it and remember it. God makes it, we keep it. And one of the things I talked about is this is an opportunity for us to remember whose we are. Mm. It's remember to remember who um, is at the center of our lives. We remember that there is a God who is the creator of the world. We remember in this time that the world is good. Um, we remember that we're not stopping because we're finished. We stop because it's a rhythm that's been built into us. And, and I really think this is an important thing for us to move into, that this day of rest actually cultivates this something else. And, and John Mark Homer talks about it cultivating a spirit of restfulness for the rest of our lives. And so that's, that's what we're entering into. And it's an invitation. And we're hoping that you're going to join us as we do this together. So good. Thanks for listening along. We'll be back next week with more Postscript.